but you could just have a somebody needs to organize this for the elderly a retirement program they can live in their own houses but they come together maybe even online and do some adhkar together or something they got the time for it somebody should start that off because really we need their duas we don't have the time to sit as much as they do in the masjid so they should have smart dua they should be knowing what duas to make I don't think anybody's focused on them as much you have a few over 65 clubs where they have some chai together in the morning sometimes on a Saturday or Sunday right? but they don't do much else subhanallah except if they're doing it themselves alhamdulillah I think it were my, my paternal grandmother she, she was basically free for the last 15 years of her life maybe 20 years she had come to England, she would just go to her different children's houses and stay there. And she just, Salatul Tasbih, fasting, tilawa, dhikr, adhkar, that's, that, that was a job for the whole day. If somebody came, she'd sit and see, speak with them. Otherwise, that's what she was doing. She didn't get bored, she didn't become senile, alhamdulillah. She did not, uh, evil old age did not come to her. She did not lose it. She knew what she was doing. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa salatu wa salamu ala al-mab'uuthi rahmatan lil'alameen Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi Wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran ila yawmiddin amma ba'd In our series on Ibn Ata'illah al-Iskandari rahimahullah's hikam Book of Wisdoms We are on page 127 Which is the last wisdom uh, of that section on, on time and its importance. So this is a concluding wisdom on that subject which we've been covering for the last few sessions. This is what he says. He says, Al-Khidlanu kullu al-Khidlan or rather, Al-Khidlanu kullu al-Khidlan an tatafarragha min al-shawaghil thumma la tatawajjah ilayhi wa taqilla awaiquk thumma la tarhal ilayhi so al-khidlanu kullu al-khidlani an tatafarragha min al-shawaghil thumma la tatawajjah ilayh wa taqilla awaiquka thumma la tarhala ilayh He translates, uh, Victor Dana translates this as it would be disappointing, really disappointing if you were to find yourself free of distractions and then still not head towards Allah. Or if you were to have a few obstacles and then not move on to him after you finish the obstacles. Rather, if you were to have very few obstacles, that's what he means. So two things he's saying. One is that Al-Khidlanu kull al-Khidlan. Actually, the word Khidlan refers to a sense of being forsaken. A sense of being deprived. He calls it disappointing. It is disappointing, but I think that's too light. The disappointment is very great here. It's a loss. They use the word khidlan as opposed to the word tawfiq. Tawfiq means whenever we do something in accordance to what is the pleasure of Allah. And when you do something against the pleasure of Allah, it's like Allah has forsaken us. He's left us to our own devices, our own heart, our own choices and fancies and desires. So that's khidlan really, right? When Allah just, you do what you want. That kind of, a, that's what khidlan is. 
So I think his translation is a bit weak in that regard. I think it's more like it's a major deprivation. Major deprivation, really major deprivation. If you were to find yourself free of distraction, you have no you don't have too much occupation. You don't have to worry about work as much. Allah has given you, mashallah, enough that you don't have to really be busy. In fact, you're not busy at all, but you still waste time just to pass it. And then not to head towards him. Or if you were to have very few obstacles and then still not move on to him, you're stuck somewhere else. He's not in the picture. So there's a few things about this. If somebody wants blessing in their life, um, in the 2.3 or 4 billion seconds that we're given in our life, if somebody wants barakah in there, barakah, which is blessing, so that we get more out of them, we get a bigger bang of our, uh, for the buck, as they say, uh, in, in that time, then the way to do that is to lessen our occupation. There's a lot of stuff we actually choose. There's, there are a few people, though, who don't have time in the sense that they're forced Maybe because of bad choices, maybe just because of being in the wrong place at the wrong time. That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's qadr. Allah will deal with everybody according to their status. Right? So ultimately Allah knows anyway what's in everybody's hearts and what choices they've made. A lot of people have made bad choices in this life and that's why they're in the occupation they're in right now. Some people have not made bad choices. Well, they have not made bad choices in the way he said he's made bad choices. Bad choices in the sense that they've taken too much on to try to get more than what is even needed. So they've made themselves purposely busy and distracted from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They want to make it really big. Right? Now, we, you can want to make it really big, but as long as you want to make it bigger with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as well, then it's fine, then make it as big as you want. Both in the dunya and the akhirah, no problem. But if it's just, I want to make it big in this world, I want to have this size of a... Uh, an asset, car, house, whatever it is, bank balance, whatever it may be. And we leave nothing for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that, that is a problem. So again, that's a bad choice, right? We'll only, we think it's a good choice because we reap a lot, but then in the hereafter it'll turn out to be a bad choice because there'll be nothing there. We've not put any investments there. We put everything in this world and not there. So the way to get blessing in this life to have time for everything and the right motives, the right goals and the right purposes and then the right set of action to get to those goals. I want to be successful here and I want to be successful here. What Ibn al-Jawzi says is really amazing. He says that I want to become the one who spends a lot of time with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in worshipping Him. My nights and so on. I also want to spend a lot of time becoming a master of every science of the religion, become the biggest alim there is. You know, in the sense, I want to know the most, that you, as much as you can. And number three, I also want to earn some dunya so that I can facilitate my life. The problem is that when I try to get some more, when I try to do this, uh, I lose out in this. And when I try to do this, I lose out in this. And then he gives a number of examples of different people who've achieved um, progress in at least one of them, but they were deprived in another. And he says that, I try, I try, I try, and I can't reach the perfection and completeness in everything. And then he says, but finally what does let me, what does give me a lot of hope is the fact that 
ultimately a believer will be raised on his intention. So as long as we've had the right intention and made the right effort for each one, he was making an effort uh, for the deen in terms of the prayer and the worship and the dhikr and the studies and everything. And he was also trying to have some decent food and so on and so forth. Problem is that in the world we live in today where everything is about pursuit of happiness through wealth, capitalism, consumerism, then the whole focus goes there and there's very small amount of focus if there is any. Uh, to uh, to give some more fodder to the, the faith and the la ilaha illallah that we said. We've said la ilaha illallah, we have the plant, we have the seed, but we don't water it, we don't fertilize it, we don't prune it, we don't take care of it, we don't look after it, we don't nurture it sufficiently. So if you want blessing in your life, we need to cut down. You'll have to find out where we can make some cuts so anybody who has so many occupations and interactions, he's not going to have any barakah in his life unless it's all for the deen. Because it's going to prevent him from turning the time that any time that he has because every new things come up. There's always a complication that comes up. The more businesses you have, the more complications there will be. I think business used to be easier before. Business used to be a lot easier before. Now business is so complicated. You have to fill in... Uh, pension information for your employees and uh, you have to file this and you have to file that tax and you have to file this pay and you have to do this and you have to register this and you have to register that and Allahu Akbar the paperwork school teachers don't want to teach because there's too much bureaucracy and paperwork they can't just get on with teaching I understand some of it is necessary but everything becomes paperwork Everything becomes paperwork. So you spend less time doing the work and more time on paperwork. I understand some of it is important. But what a complicated world we're living in. And it's only getting more complicated. It's only getting more complicated. So you don't have time. The, the, the more we take on, the more occupation it's going to bring. You don't have then any time to actually switch it up because you also need to relax. You also need some downtimes. Down a lot of people and now downtimes are not usually... Religious downtimes, for some people their downtime is let me just sit and do some rak'ats. Let me just uh, sit down and just do some adhkar. You know what? I just want to relax down there with a coffee. No, I just want to relax and do some adhkar. A bit of meditation, five minutes of meditation will sort me out. We don't resort to those things anymore. And subhanAllah, this is what the people out there who are looking for all of these self-care manuals, that's what they do. They sit down five minutes of mindfulness. You know, five minutes of some other kind of, you know, meditation. It just doesn't have the name of Allah in there. And this is built into our faith. It's, it's there, you know. It's built into our faith. Who does manage to extract himself from all of these different occupations. Then he's actually focusing on those people who are not really that busy. Right? He's not talking about people in London at least. So he says those people who don't have too many occupations, meaning that you have to go to work at this time and so on, and they still then don't get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then فَهُوَ مَخْذُولٌ مَصْرُوفٌ عَن طَرِيكِ إِسْتِقَامَتِهِ وَهُدَى That person is deprived, absolutely deprived and wretched, turned away from the path, the straight path and the guidance. That is what this aphorism is all about. 
There are people in London still, we have some in the masjid as well, who are retired. They don't have this. They're the ones who are retired now. Their children are looking after everything. They're getting maybe a healthy pension. All they have to worry about is past their time. And there's multiple types of those people. Uh, mashallah, some of those people, they're dedicated to the masjid. One person that I know, a big businessman, he's become dedicated to the masjid. He tells me, uh, if you want to contact me, it'll have to be after Isha. I go from Asr time these days because Salat says, I go from Isha. Uh, from Asr time, I come back after Isha to come back to eat. That's what usually people do when they go to the haram uh, for Umrah. They stay from, you know, a certain prayer to a certain prayer. But mashallah, he does this at home. He's got his schedule set out. Alhamdulillah. And that schedule includes the masjid. He may have not been able to do it when he was a youth. Shabun nasha'a fi ibadatillah. But he now becomes rajulun qalbuhu mu'allakun fil masjid. may have not been that youth that was uh, that was uh, nurtured, that nurtured his youth in the worship of Allah, maybe he wasted that time. Alhamdulillah, Allah has given him the tawfiq right now to become a man whose heart is constantly suspended with the masjid. It's not just his heart is suspended, mashallah, his body's inside. So we have those people who are five times salat, you know, they come a half an hour before, 15 minutes before, they stay half an hour later. They've got all the time in the world, that's the way, that's how they pass their time. And mashallah, that. Th those people, you know what their job is? Their job is literally just to make dua for their children, grandchildren, for the ummah. Allah has given them that time to sit in the masjid and so on. Their job, right, if they haven't taken this as a job, is just make dua for the ummah. Sit and make dua for the ummah. And the ummah you make, the dua you make for the ummah, which means the billion, the two billion people, you will get a response for that. When you make dua for somebody else, you get that as well. And if you want to make dua for the two billion ummah, you'll get two billion people's reward. You'll, you'll get that for yourself. When you care for others of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's bondsmen, and don't just make dua for the two million Muslims, make dua for the eight billion humans that they be given guidance and they be given virtue. And inshallah we'll get that. So that's your job. That's the job of those who are like that. And we should encourage our elders who've retired to have a, a very specific regimen. They can, do this, they can do salat every day. They can do their ishraq in the morning after fajr. They can do their tahajjud before that. They can do their ishraq, ishraq prayer, two, four, six, eight, however many rakats you want to do, at least two or four rakats after the sun rises. They can then do the mid-morning prayer, which is called duha or chashd in Urdu or Persian. That, that's, you know, mid-morning. Again, as many rakats as you want, but at least two or four rakats until, you know, four, six, eight, two, two, two. Then their dhuhr, their asr, their maghrib, after maghrib, uh, eight rakats, uh, uh, sorry, six rakats, or at least four if you add the sunnahs of uh, awabin. So that's the prayers. Then they do a number of other things during the day. This many tasbihat, have a regimen. Um, reading the Al-Hizbul A'zam, Dalai Al-Khayrat, Salawat on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and then trying to implement, and it's a wonderful way to die. That's a wonderful way to, uh, to mashallah, re retire. I don't know if there's any retirement communities that have that theme. That would be wonderful to have a retirement community. It doesn't have to be, you know, that, that's expensive in England to do, at least in London it is. But you could just have a, somebody needs to organize this for the elderly. 
a retirement program. They can live in their own houses, but they come together maybe even online and do some adhkar together or something. They've got the time for it. Somebody should start that off. Because really we need their du'as. We don't have the time to sit as much as they do in the masjid. So they should have smart du'a. They should be knowing what du'as to make. I don't think anybody's focused on them as much. You have a few over 65 clubs where they have some chai together in the morning, sometimes on a Saturday or Sunday. Right? But they don't do much else, subhanAllah. Except if they're doing it themselves. Alhamdulillah. I think it were my, my paternal grandmother, she, she was basically free for the last 15 years of her life, maybe 20 years. She had come to England, she would just go to her different children's houses and stay there. And she just, salatul tasbih, fasting, tilawa, dhikr, adhkar, that's, that, that was a job for the whole day. If somebody came, she'd sit and see, speak with them. Otherwise, that's what she was doing. She didn't get bored, she didn't become senile, alhamdulillah. She did not... Evil old age did not come to her. She did not lose it. She knew what she was doing. You're connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So keep it like that. It's very, very important. So that's when he says that there are people who are free of all of these things, right? Um, there are a lot of people in some countries in, uh, in, in some vocations where their vocation is seasonal. Their occupation is seasonal. It's not every day. You know, if they're farmers, for example, or if they um, just work at certain times of the year based on a certain industry, they've got a lot of time as well. But then the problem is that the distractions you have today have never had before. I mean, just Netflix is, a, is the, one of the biggest distractions today. YouTube is, I forget Netflix. YouTube, the Reels, TikTok, all of these things. It's just a massive drain, massive drain. It's a brain drain, it's everything. It's everything. And the worst part is when our young teenagers uh, look at this, the content that they're getting, so much different content. I don't even know if you can believe anything. I, I, I just got onto some Facebook, what are they called? Facebook Reels or what are they called? Right? And there are multiple ones giving you uh, different remedies for coughs and for slimming and all of that. You don't even know which one to believe. You know, before you'd hear about one of them, oh, okay, maybe that's why I would mix a lemon with, I don't know, avocado and do this and do that. And I don't know, man, are they just making stuff up just to get, does that stuff really work? You know, you don't even know what to believe anymore. It's a post-truth world. Anybody's putting stuff up there. Why should I trust that particular person who's saying what? I don't know. We're living in a weird world where you don't even know what to trust anymore. And if you do trust everything you hear, you're crazy anyway. So it's weird, like what should we trust? You can't trust politicians anymore, they lie out of their teeth. Okay, have you noticed that very few politicians speak the truth about anything? And you know the politicians that speak the truth are the ones who have resigned. Or they're beyond their tenure, you know, they, they've, they've resigned now. They're out, they're not in politics anymore. Oh, no, this is what the reality is. Well, why didn't you talk about it when you were in politics? No, you have to toe a certain line then. Have you noticed all of the people, the whistleblowers, those who talk some sense, they're all the ones who've left politics now. You can't do it while you're in there. What a world we're living in. You have to toe a line. You can't even buy a product anymore because it's all owned by a few companies. Everything's been brought up by a few companies. 
right? Like, what drink do you buy? What, what this do you buy? Because it's all owned by these few companies who are, you know, not, not very, uh, very ethical about what they do with their money. Subhanallah. Small businesses are, are being destroyed because all of these big guys are just buying everything out. What do you do? What do you avoid? You know, what can you get? It's just, and it's only going to get worse. It's only getting worse. So what are you going to do about it? It's only getting worse. Now, he did, uh, the, the commentator here, he discusses quite a few uh, different scenarios. Very interestingly, he says, look, if your outward occupation, your outward busyness, your out, outward um, uh, responsibilities, if they become less, and your inner responsibilities become less, meaning that you don't feel that you need to... For example, what, what does he mean by that? There's some people who, mashallah, they're, they're very good managers. They, they've maybe got the money or they've maybe got the network to be able to delegate tasks. So there's people doing the task and they're free to focus on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Very few of them, right? Then there's those people who, mashallah, they're retired. They don't have much tasks. They just pay their basic monthly bills and they're getting a pension or whatever. And they don't have many things. Neither internally nor externally. Alhamdulillah, they, they, it's easy for them. Right? Then you have the people who are busy outside and inside. If you're busy outside, you're most likely going to be busy inside. Right? Because how would you be busy outside and not busy inside? That doesn't make any sense. So he's saying that if you are somebody who has very less occupations externally and internally, so you're retired or you've been able to just clean it all up and you're focused on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then after that you still... Uh, don't approach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at least outwardly and you also don't try to connect with him internally then that means that yours is the biggest loss you've actually got the time and you're still not doing it you've got the biggest loss out of everybody else not that the others have any better excuse but they seem to be in a better position in the sense that at least they're occupied with doing something you're not even occupied a lot of people in the villages are like this. They literally, their life is passing time. A lot of women are like this. Those who are not in an occupation, right? Those are just pure housewives. Their life is, once they're free from the children, their children are become more self-sufficient. They don't have anything to do. They're literally, all they're doing, they're watching, gossiping. And I'm not saying this everybody's, right? Except the ones that Allah has protected. They're, they're just talking about all sorts of stuff. They're watching movies or uh, Pakistani drama, right? Or, you know, Indian movies or now it's just, mashallah, Bollywood, Lollywood, and there's multiple other, other ones. And they've got so much to do. That's what's occupying them. Or they're buying online. They're browsing, right? Says the majority of people, the only thing that has taken them away from focusing on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is just the fact that they've got too many physical occupations. There's just too many things they have to worry about. So all of their limbs are constantly running around, uh, their hand, their eyes, their ears, everything is just focused on um, the khidmat of dunya. Their night and day are focused on the khidmat of their, of their dunya. In fact, their whole months, their lives, their years, everything else. Until that time will finish, their life will finish, their seconds will diminish, and it will have been spelled... For, from the perspective of the Akhirah, they would have been spent in idleness and in shortcoming. And this would be also a major, major loss. So that's two types of people. Then there's a group of people who, mashallah, don't have too many apparent ob 
uh, outward obligations. Why? Because, mashallah, they have people set up in a way who deal with all of their issues. I so envy Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah. I just envy him. He was fully focused on studying and teaching, and he had a major business going on. Uh, somebody else was taking care of his cloth, very successful cloth business. He was selling cloth, right? And he was there. I mean, you could find trustworthy people to do that job for him. MashaAllah. These people are such that... Uh, so he, he says this is a group of people who apparently they've got other people to look after everything. So they're not too, uh, they're not too occupied outside. However, internally they're very occupied. They're always concerned about multiple things because they've got these. Physically, they don't have to take part, but it's always a brain drain for them. It's always a tension on their head. Their problem is that they have to be constantly planning and looking after things and thinking about things and chasing up on things. He says, usually these are people in politics. These are usually people who are in the ruling class uh, because they can get other people to do the job for them, but they still have to make sure that the strategizing and everything is done by them. So... Usually these people are always too far from their Lord as well because they don't have the mental uh, strength to turn away from all of that because they're constantly occupied. That might even be worse than the physical aspect because they're mentally just fully occupied. It may not be because the others are mentally and uh, physically occupied. Except the one he says, Unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has something decreed for him, that he's going to choose the way of Allah with his will. فَتَجُرُّهُ إِلَىٰ رَحْمَةِ رَبِّهِ Which will then drag him towards the mercy of his Lord. May Allah make us of those people. MashaAllah, I, I do know somebody of today who is in a very, very high position. He's got his obligations, but I haven't seen somebody more productive than him. I haven't seen somebody more responsive than him. He's got projects throughout the, uh, all over the world in multiple languages and things like that. And still his adhkar per day are two to three hours. And I'm like, how do you? He says, look, you won't be able to do this because you got to do everything yourself. I've got men who do all of these things. I've got employees who do all of these things for me. He just strategizes. But because he's made it a priority to also have his adhkar and multiple, um, multiple beneficial projects throughout the world, he just has to look after them. I've never sent him a message and haven't received the response within, within the hour. I just wonder how he does it. I just wonder how he does it. It's tawfiq. Allah, uh, the, 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 the simple thing is as what the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, that if you free up time for Allah, Allah will free up your time and make you, allow you to do a lot more. Uh, in fact, the other hadith says that whoever places the concern of his dunya, in, uh, you know, to, if, if the concern of his dunya becomes the foremost concern of him, then it will be like, this is not what the Prophet said, but it sounds like this, is like a person who's got this, um, a frame coming out of his head, uh, attached to a piece of money or some kind of richness, uh, riches, right? That is dangling in front of him and he's trying to chase it and is never getting any closer because it always stays that one half a meter distant from his head. So the, the hadith basically mentions that Allah will put your faqr and your feeling of need and desperation in between your eyes, essentially. And you'll always think that you're always going to be, you'll never have enough. You'll always be, feel that you need more. That, that feeling of self-contentment, satisfaction won't be, ever be there. 
That's the worst feeling when you got a lot compared to what everybody else thinks you have, but you think you have nothing. Subhanallah, you think you have nothing. So then you keep going after it and it never fills you. It's like the person who eats and never gets satisfied. So you have to keep eating and eating and eating. And you never get satisfied and just worse for your health. He says the conclusion is that Goodness and virtue is all is all reduced to being light in terms of your obligations and your relationships. The more relationships you have, the more you're going to have to foster them, the more you have to send them messages, otherwise they say that you've forgotten them. You can't win, can you? Whoever manages to deoccupy himself from them, فَهُوَ قَرِيبٌ مِّنَ الْحَضَرَةِ he is the one who's close to the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the one who has too many occupations of this nature, then his matter is very far. It's very far. It's very far off. Because his, his concern, his concern is always about, his concern is, all, is always occupied with these various different relationships and different aspects that take away his attention. So this poor person, he says, he does have an intention to once get on to the path of Allah. He does want to go for Umrah and Hajj. I don't even want to say that anymore because unfortunately that's becoming for a lot of people just a, a halal holiday. Like literally a holiday. Uh, Umrah is not supposed to be a holiday. It's supposed to be a place to go and worship. Right? It's a spiritual retreat rather than a holiday. But you know, with all of the five-star hotels which you can't even avoid anymore and all of the shopping and everything, it becomes an enjoyment. And then Dubai's on the way, on the way back at least, or on the way there. So I've literally seen they go for Umrah, and we're going to spend a week in Dubai afterwards. So I can go to Ferrari World and uh, whatever else there is, and just destroy everything that we got in Umrah. Right? So, poor guy, فَمَهْمَا هَمَّ بِالسَّيْرِ جَزَبَتْهُ الْمَخَاطِفِ إِلَيْهَا Whenever he does decide to get on, sometimes he does get on, but then there's these anchors and these hooks that are just pulling back of his occupations. There's an issue that arises there. That guy wants something. This went wrong. It just doesn't go right. And he just stays a collateral. He just stays completely stuck with that. Subhanallah. You know, one of the ways that I've seen somebody uh, that they can do business and they can do well, is that all of the projects that they've begun, even businesses and others, they should do a mudaraba contract with somebody. They can find somebody trustworthy and outsource the business to them on a profit share basis. Right? On a pro- you'll have to find somebody trustworthy. Again, it's not easy. That, that's another issue of amana. Right? But if you can do that, they do the work, you get a, you get a profit, they get a profit, and it carries on. I've seen a number of people who've put that in action. They may have lost a few, right? There's a probability of that, but otherwise it's worked. To do this profit sharing where you've got the capital, you've got the know-how, you give that to somebody, set them up, you go and do ibadat and they do the business and you get your income because you need the income. That's another way to make it work as well. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq, but really, uh, I really want to say that we need to encourage our elders. If we've got them in the family, old uncles, old aunties, old parents, who are mashallah literally retired, 
let us sit with them if they don't understand this because they just won't understand. Make them listen to this maybe, right? Sit them and say, look, we need to have a regimen for you, right? You've got maybe four, five, ten years of life left, right? And uh, this is, Allah's given you this beautiful time that you don't have to do much. Let's stop just watching the TV all day. You know, let's stop. The Ummah needs you. The Ummah, how many people are there like you? Not many. The Ummah needs your du'as. Your children need your du'as. Your family need your du'as. Let's set up a schedule for you. Start with these prayers. Do your qada prayers and so on and so forth. That doesn't mean that we don't have anything to do. I'm just saying that we all have a focus on that. But um, just the different categories that he spoke about there. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us so much barakah that we're able to achieve what, uh, the halal things that we want in this world. But the main thing is that we achieve the hereafter as well. وآخر الدعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward the author, the commentator and all of those who work to make this happen for us وآخر الدعوانا أن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم أنت السلام ومنك السلام وتبارك يا ذا الجلال والإكرام اللهم يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث يا حنان يا منان يا غفار يا فتاح يا ستار يا حفيظ يا سلام يا لطيف يا ذا الجلال والإكرام جزا الله عنا محمد ما هو أهله اللهم اغفر لنا وارحمنا وعافنا واهدنا وارزقنا اللهم اغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات اللهم اغفر لأمة سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم اغفر لموتان المسلمين الذين شهدونك بالوحدانية وماتوا على ذلك يا الله have mercy on us and have mercy on this ummah يا الله make us worthy of your mercy worthy of your kindness worthy of your benevolence oh Allah oh Allah we ask you for your kindness and your beloveness and your mercy and your forgiveness and forgive our wrongdoings and O oh Allah purify us. O oh Allah, O oh Allah purify us. O oh Allah make us full of taqwa and your love. O oh Allah make us full of your, focused on your attention. O oh Allah we ask you for your special attention. O oh Allah we ask for that attention that you gave to Fudayl ibn Iyad and Abdullah ibn al-Mubarak and Hassan Basri rahimahumullah. O oh Allah, O oh Allah we ask for that special gaze that you had on these people. And, O oh Allah, those awliya of oh Allah, make us of your awliya, make us of your friends. O oh Allah, make us especially connected to you. O oh Allah, grant us afia, grant us forgiveness, pardon, and well-being. O oh Allah, brothers, our brothers and sisters around the world in the different places, whether that be in Sudan, in, O oh Allah, whether that be in Palestine, and especially in Gaza, O oh Allah, relieve them. Ya Allah, relieve them. Ya Allah, relieve them. Ya Allah, grant them their dignity, their forgiveness. O oh Allah, grant them their respect and their honor. Grant them their freedom. O oh Allah, protect them. O oh Allah, grant them their success. O oh Allah, grant them. O oh Allah, grant them uh, uh, their, their victory. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, grant us afia and protect us and our children. O oh Allah, keep us connected to you. O oh Allah, minimize our unnecessary, O oh Allah, remove and remove our, and extract us from our unnecessary occupations, our unnecessary deliberations, our unnecessary divergences and distractions. Ya Allah, forgive us for all of those that we've had. O oh Allah, allow us to navigate in this new world that we have in front of you with all of its different challenges. Make the navigation and this journey easy for us. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, make this easy for us. O oh Allah, make us successful. Don't, don't make us of the makhdhuleen. Don't make us of the deprived ones. Don't make us of the deprived ones. Ya Allah, assist us. Allow us to use all of these new facilities that are available for the good of them. 
O oh Allah, grant us the good of them. O oh Allah, grant us the good that they contain. But O oh Allah, protect us. Protect us from all the evil that they have, all the evil that they contain, all the evil that may have been, they have been designed for. Protect us, our children, our progenies from all of these things that are there now and that will come about later. Oh Allah, many of us don't know what to say about these things, how to think about these things, how to deal with these things, what are our limits with these things. Oh Allah, guide us. Only you can guide us. Some of these things are so confusing. We're living in a, in a, in a world where truth is veiled as falsehood and falsehood is veiled as truth. Oh Allah, give us the ability to see the right as the right and allow us to follow it. And see the wrong as the wrong as and allow us to abstain from it. Oh Allah, allow us to be truthful individuals. Allow us to be individuals of trustworthiness. Oh Allah, and integrity. Oh Allah, make us high valued in your sight and in the sight of people. Oh Allah, in our own sight, make us lowly. Oh Allah, make us those in need so that we focus more on ourselves. Bless us in what you have given us, for you have given us abundantly. Oh Allah, give us the purity of what you have, uh, keep pure what you have given us and protect us from haram and protect us from wrong and protect us from being distracted. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, accept us all for the service of your deen. Oh Allah, accept us all for the service of your deen. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salamun ala al-mursaleen wa alhamdulillahi rabbil The point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.